Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But my brain is mush after watching 70 minutes of that just abomination today at Heinz Field. Hey, it happens. Some of the topics we're talking about tonight. We're looking for five words on the game plan of Steelers offensive coordinator Matt Canada. The AFC is still wide open. What's the Steelers' place in it? Crosby and Mike Sullivan, they return. What's your level of optimism in the Penguins turning their season around? And Pitt, back in the top 20, will they win the Coastal and the ACC? Plus, of course, your final word. But first, the night's big topic. What was the biggest contributing factor in today's Steelers-Lions tie? Doug, go first, please. It has to be the offensive game plan. When you look at it, you have a backup quarterback, you got bad weather and a depleted wide receiver core. You would think they would line, uh, put their faith in their best offensive weapon. That would be Najee Harris. No, they decide to throw it 50 times a game. I just don't understand where the priority is in this offense if it's not with Najee when you have all these things going against you. Then you add into the fact the mistakes, which were the fumble by Johnson and Fairmouth. With that combination, they had no chance even against the depleted, horrible Detroit Lions squad. All right. Our graphic said a loss because it feels like a loss. Tim, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it was a loss. They lost today 16-16. to Let's be honest. That's exactly what happened. Uh, the biggest contributing factor to it, um, it's a toss-up for me between turnovers and tackling. Uh, I'll pick one. I'll go with turnovers. Dale, if you want to take tackling after I'm done, by all means, please do. But the turnovers were so inopportune for everything else that went wrong in this game. If uh, Mason Rudolph doesn't throw that really bad pick early, if Deontay Johnson holds on to the long catch and run, if Fryermuth doesn't fumble near the sidelines late in overtime, they probably figure out a way to get at least one more kick off for Chris Boswell, one more field goal, or maybe one more field goal on what would have been the possession before they got the interception from Rudolph. I think the turnovers were a killer, and also I think that their tackling was terrible uh, between the, I'd say, latter stages of the first quarter and the early stages of the third quarter. All right, Dale, your turn. The tackling wasn't terrible, Tim. It was non-existent. Uh, the, if you looked up after that touchdown drive early in the third quarter on, on the opening possession for the Lions, uh, it was 21 carries for 199 yards. Now, I'm no mathematician, but I believe that's around 10 yards a carry, and this is the NFL. Uh, that can't happen. It did happen. It's not the first time it's happened, and man, I, you know, you can look at the offense and everything that it was missing today, but the defense, uh, it has to play better than that. 
All right. A reminder, keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on the game plan of Steelers offensive coordinator Matt Canada. All right, to social media, Twitter. What were you thinking, Matt? Also on Twitter, bleep, 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 bleep. That's five. And finally, 10-year-old playing Madden. Now the panel, <laughs> give us five words on the game plan of Matt Canada. Doug, you're first. Not qualified for the job. Let's look at his resume. 16, he had some success at Pitt. 17, he goes to LSU, fired. 18, Maryland, fired. Out of the football realm for two years. Then he's, this is his second year as an NFL head coach, I mean NFL coach, and his first year was under Randy Finkner. What on that resume inspires you to think this guy is qualified for the job? I just, and if, think about it, if you replace Pitt with BC, here in Pittsburgh, everybody would be up in arms when he got promoted. All right. Uh, next is Tim. I will actually look elsewhere. And that's not to say that I was a fan of the play calling or the game plan today. I wasn't. I agree with what Doug said about, you know, backup quarterback, bad conditions, uh, lack of receivers. Why are you throwing it 50 times, uh, especially in the red zone? I, I get all that. But if you see Mason Rudolph complete that pass to Ray Ray McLeod on third down in the red zone, we're not as concerned about that sequence. If Deontay Johnson or Pat Fryermuth don't fumble in overtime, we're not as hung up on the play calling. And if they tackle somebody occasionally on defense, the score is more flipped to the Steelers and we don't notice as much. It's not that I'm defending Matt Canada here. I'm just so angry at the poor execution. Tim or Dale, was there really a game plan? Uh, because it sure didn't seem like it. It seemed like they just kind of went out there and threw some stuff out on the field and say, hey, well, let's see what works here today. Uh, they said they didn't change the game, offensive game plan uh, when they found out that Ben Roethlisberger wasn't going to play. They said that they trusted Mason Rudolph. Uh, you know, with, with what they actually put on the field and threw in this game, where it was all short sideways passes and then a few shots here and there, uh, actually it did kind of look like the Ben Roethlisberger game plan. All right, still to come, the AFC is still wide open. What's the Steelers' place in it? Nowheresville will be lucky to win two more. Wow. Doug, Tim, and Dale give their two cents when the final word continues. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the final word. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Doug Whaley, Tim Benz, and Dale Lawley. Dale, the AFC's still wide open. What's the Steelers' place in it? Well, right now they'd be in the playoffs if they started today. One of the worst phrases out there. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I can't tell you who is any good in the AFC. It's all one big jumbled mess. And anytime you start to think that a team is actually pretty good, they get knocked back. Um, you know, I thought the Browns were a pretty good team. That's not been the case. I thought the, the Ravens would be a pretty good team. Not the case. You thought that the Kansas City Chiefs would be a good team. Not the case. 
uh, you know, this Chargers team that the Steelers will play next week. They're not the case. I mean, it's, just, it's just a big conglomeration of blah. All right, thank you, Dale. The tie changes everything. Nine, seven, and one, and seven, uh, seed seven minimum. Doug, you're next. I look at the AFC as like a sack of hammers. You put your, ham your hand in that sack, and any hammer come out that day may win. What the Steelers are, though, is in that middle of the pack, but they will not be able to decide games with their play. They're going to be in dogfights every single game, and the games are going to come down to, unfortunately, the way the ball bounces. Last week it bounced in our favor. Great. This week it didn't. And then the most disheartening thing, it will also come down to refs' calls. You're, they're going to be putting some of these games in the hands of the refs, which is a shame. Tim? Can I go back to the five words thing? They'll sure. finish eighth at best. Uh, they're not going to make the playoffs as a result of today. I think that they'll look back at this tie the same way we looked at that 9-6-1 and one tie against the Browns a couple of years ago. I think that's how costly it was. Um, you know, I get what Dale's point is about how nobody else in the AFC is all that good. He's right. But I can't rationalize away what happened to the Steelers today by saying everybody else is disappointing too. I just don't know how you look at the schedule right now coming off of playing against Detroit on a day where Detroit didn't play all that well, non-starting quarterback or not, and not figure out a way to win that game 19-16, to and then look at that schedule. The, Baker Mayfield may have been the best quarterback that they've faced over this four-game run. He'll now be the worst quarterback that they've faced the rest of the way. I think the quarterback play that they see the last eight weeks is going to be the determining factor as to why they finish one slot at best out of the playoffs. All right. Uh, let me put Doug and Dale on the spot. Dale, do the Steelers make the playoffs? I still think that they do. I have a little more faith in, in well, not necessarily them, but I have faith that uh, some of these other teams will continue to screw things up. I'm not so sure about some of those other quarterbacks, Tim. There, there's some pretty poor play out there. Okay, who's worse than Baker? Justin Herbert has not lit the world on fire. I know everybody wanted to crown that guy as, as being the next big thing. Threw for 195 yards today. Okay, I still think Justin Herbert's going to stress them in ways that Jared Goff couldn't, and they couldn't figure out a way to beat Jared Goff at home today. Doug, did the Steelers make the playoffs? Barely, and I'm talking about the skin of their chin. I don't see them being able to be a dominant force, even if they do make the playoffs. And this is where us Steeler fans, we're not used to celebrating mediocrity. And this is a mediocre team that is going to have to, like I said before, depend on bounces of the ball, luck of the draw and calls by the ref. They do not have anything that they can really hang their hat on offensively and defense, but they're consistent. And that lack of consistency is going to get them bounced early, but they do make it. All right. The Penguins are the healthiest they've been in a long time. Tim, Sidney Crosby and Mike Sullivan return. What's your level of optimism in the Pens turning their season around? Uh, unfortunately, similar to the Steelers. <laughs> I, I kind of, they're honestly in the same boat in the sense that you know, they had an opportunity to um, really put a stamp on a start where people thought they were going to get off to some poor sledding. You know, and the Steelers could have emerged from that one and three and been six and three. You know, same sort of thing with the Penguins insofar as they were kind of surfing their way through these times without all their star players. And they managed to rack up some loser points, but not enough and not enough to not enter this weekend in last place in the Metro. And then that game against the Ottawa Senators, wow. How do you get down 5 nothing and then lose to that team as COVID-addled as they were? All right, back to Twitter. Penguins stink. And back to Dale. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's my phrase. Come on. Everything, you know, uh, I think they're in a bit of trouble. Um, you know, I, to expect Sidney Crosby at this point in his career coming off surgery to, to be the white knight and come riding in on a horse, uh, it, it just may not be realistic at this point. And the rest of the team just not playing well enough to, to pick up the slack. And that, that's just, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. All right, Doug. I disagree, fellas. I, I, I'm going with that old song, you got to have faith to faith to faith. I think when you put one of the best players in the NHL on that team and on that ice, it's going to raise everybody's level of play. Now, what's going to work against them is their division. It's got to be one of the toughest. And the time Sid will need not only to get in game shape and conditioning, but to get that chemistry with his other teammates. So I still have a bright future in, in, in ahead for these guys, in my opinion. All right, and now the Pitt Panthers, the season's winding down. Get ready for an exciting finish. Uh, Doug, let's go back to you. Pitt is back in the top 20. Will they win the Coastal and the ACC? Why or why not? I'm going to give you both. Why? Kenny Pickett in that offense. They're putting up 43 points a game. When you put that much pressure on an opposing team, it's hard because they're always going to go out trying to match your point total. Then you add the balanced rushing attack. I think this offense and that Heisman Trophy candidate, Kenny Pickett, can take them all the way to a very important bowl game. Why not? The defense. I still struggle with Narduzzi not matching his defensive back, especially when they cannot hold up against faster receivers in, in, in different teams against those teams these guys have to be able to mix up the coverages and be able to not be put on an island and exposed like they have in the past all right let's go to twitter here's an answer to whether or not they'll win uh, the acc the coastal and the acc yes and maybe but does it matter tim you're next uh, i think that they'll win the division i don't know about the championship uh get back to me if they get there but uh, they're going to beat syracuse at the end syracuse uh, can only run the ball. They can't stress Pitt throwing the ball as other teams have. You know, the Virginia game is going to come down to them outscoring them. I, I kind of thought when they won in overtime against North Carolina after giving the game away in regulation, still managing to get that victory in the manner that they did, uh, that was the last hurdle to overcome to winning the division. So I do think they'll win the division. Dale? I think they'll win both. Um, you know, and, and to the, the point of the, the one uh, person who said it doesn't matter, it always matters if you win a championship. Even though it's not the national championship, it's still a championship. All right. Thanks, guys. When we come back, around the horn on any topic, the final word is next. Welcome back. It's time now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance. Dale Lawley, you're first. You know, Mason Rudolph got a big opportunity today to uh, go out and show what he can do in a situation, in a tough situation to be sure, against what was uh, considered a very poor defense. And I still think it's a very poor defense. And, well, it wasn't good enough to win. And, you know, for the Steelers uh, going into this offseason and looking at the possibilities of having Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins be their starter next year, uh, I think they got a pretty good look at what that's going to look like, and they better do better than that. All right, Doug, final word. 
Pitt basketball program is going in the wrong direction. Four years into his tenure, Coach Capel has his recruits leaving, his recruits getting in trouble. And when he first got here, the talent level was subpar, but at least they competed. They're not even competing now. What are we hanging our hat on? It's very, very disappointing. All right, thank you, Doug. Tim, final week saying that the Mets and the Mariners were among the group of teams that were the most active in trying to pursue to get Brian Reynolds away from the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but we have to be fair to the Pirates on this one. The tweet said that those teams were coming to them. The Pirates weren't out there shopping Brian Reynolds, but it's an indictment of how things have gone for so long in Pittsburgh that when that tweet went out, a lot of people, myself included, thought, I could see him doing it. We could get more prospects and talk about the future some more instead of keeping the guy who's good and should be good for a while, but he might cost something soon. So let's get rid of him now. That sort of action that we've seen over and over again actually made it look like there might be some fire to this smoke, even though there's no proof as of yet that there is. All right. Our final word now from social media. Take practice seriously, Steelers. All right, so the Steelers are officially over the halfway point of the new 17-game NFL season. 5-3-1, it's enough to keep them in second place for the moment. And as everybody has discussed tonight, it's a very wide-open AFC, so they're very much alive. But get ready for a brutal stretch of eight games, starting with the Chargers on the road and here on Channel 11 next Sunday night. We're all ready for a big night here on Channel 11. Let's hope the Steelers are. And that's the final word for tonight. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Doug Whaley, Tim Benz, and Dale Lawley. See you next time.